Hello and welcome to the RPG Academy podcast. My name is Michael and we are here tonight for Detention Live. And joining me as always is my co-host Chris. Chris, say hello to everyone. Hello everyone. And then joining us tonight for the first time ever, I don't, I've never seen this person before, is Q. <laughs> Q, say hello to everyone. What's up everybody? How's it going? Yeah. Now, since we've never met before, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Where where might people know you? Do you do anything online? Are you on part of any podcasts or streams or sort of, sort of thing? I stream video games, mostly PUBG on Twitch. It's Koala Sauce, the boss, underscore in between each one. Koala spelled with a Q. I can throw it in the RPG Academy if you ever want to be really bored watching me play video games. Mm-hmm. I yell random cuss words and get angry at the game pretty regularly. It's a, it's a good time. It's a good time. Yeah. Um, and as far as podcasts go, this is my very first time on here. Yeah, first time ever. Uh, Fox Blade has joined us. Fox, thank you so much for hanging out. I appreciate it. Uh, so I also stream video games as well, very little, and then I had like a five-month gap because of my internet problems, and then just like a week and a half ago, actually it was after the first time that we tried to do this, I, I was working on the stream, so I've been doing some tests, and I was able to get through Mega Man 2, so I've, I'm replaying like old Nintendo games. Oh, nice! So I've done original Metroid, original Legend of Zelda, original Final Fantasy, um, Castlevania, though I actually could complete that when I got stuck. But so yeah, I, I just been going through like old video games that I used to play as a kid. Dragon Warrior One, Dragon Warrior Two, those types of things. So and they all get on the YouTube channel. So if someone does want me to or wants to see me play games poorly, because I'll be very clear, I'm very upfront. I'm not good at these games. I'm not like going to teach you secrets or, or like impress you with my skill. I'm going to die a lot, but hopefully it's fun chatting with me as we do it. Uh, but we're very excited to have you on the show. And again, once again, I'm so sorry for that last time. It was a much of a debacle. But hopefully, again, so far, no drop frames. I think we're good to go. Um, so Detention Live is sort of our more mature after hours. We get a little bit more loosey-goosey, a little bit more salty language and innuendo, especially with Chris and I. And it seems like with Q, he's right at that level uh, himself. So hold on, folks. Things are going to get a little bit randy, perhaps. Um, But we do some segments. We talk about role-playing games, and we have a lot of silly fun. Uh, But we start off with what we call extracurricular. And this is just us talking about things we've been up to recently. It can be books we've been reading, TV shows we're watching, uh, you know, music you're into, video games, really anything you're willing to share about yourself with strangers on the Internet. Uh, So, Chris, I'll start with you, buddy. What's up? What you been doing? It's been an interesting past couple of weeks. Uh, see, last Friday, great adventure. Took off at 7 in the morning to drive eight hours north to where my kid's going to be going to school. Got almost to the Mackinac Bridge to get a text message saying the bridge is closed. Ooh. No ice. What? Yeah, uh, ice falling from the bridge. Ooh. So we drove up there figuring, well, it's a bright, sunshiny day. Maybe it'll clear up. Set in Mackinac City with uh, uh, hundreds of people waiting to cross the bridge. At 2 o'clock, said, well, we're going to miss the the dinner and some other stuff, so we're going to head home. An hour and a half later, they reopened the bridge. Of course. Well, of course. We're still going to miss everything, so we're not going to go up. I got into a nice argument with the uh, hotel system that I booked it through. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, Warn everybody, if you book through a hotel service, scroll all the way to the bottom of your reservation. That's the only place you're going to be able to add any kind of cancellation insurance. They now call it to your plan. If not, they don't care if the bridge is closed. 
your car blows up or there's a hurricane, they're going to charge your card no matter what. So that is not uh, good. I was, yeah, I was not happy about that. Um, but it taught me a good lesson of, uh, hey, there's this giant bridge that connects two peninsulas. You might want to look to see if they're closed. And if they're not, I'm going to go through Chicago and up that way. It's only about an hour difference. Mm-hmm. So the uh, the Mac the Mackinac the Mackinac Bridge is that the one that goes to the UP? Yep. yep. Okay. Because my kid decided he's going to go to the school that's the farthest away from home, but still be in state. And wants to dig out even more snow, like apparently, because it gets jacked up up there pretty regularly, right? Only 260 inches a year. Just a little bit of snow. They have a big winter carnival up there that's pretty neat that I'm going to try to go up to. Uh, We'll see how it goes. But other than that, uh, for some reason, I've been playing a lot of cribbage on my phone, Hmm. which makes me feel old. That makes you um, but, feel old? That? Not the mirror? Uh, that, the back, the gray hair. Yeah, a lot of things make me feel old. Um, I've just been you're having st- fun with it. You're still not a grandpa, bro. I still got no. you beat. Nope, you're correct there. Um, also, but... I'm, the, I'm the world's okayest brother. <sighs> nice. <laughs> it was a birthday gift from my sister last year. I was like, oh, right. I'm good with that. I'm drinking out of my Star Wars glass that I got from... Burger King when I was a kid. Oh, Remember nice. That's yes, that's King. collectible. You need to hold on to that. Yeah, that's awesome. Like antique it, roadshow, that thing. Uh, quick um, shout out. New York Tater is in the chat as well. Thank you for New hanging York out with Tater. us. Appreciate it, buddy. I think I, I looked I, uh, it up once. It's, uh, it's worth, I think, $2. Huh. But. For now. Yeah. I went ahead and shared right. my link into the RPG chat uh, to, the, to, to, to my Twitch thing in case anybody. That way I don't have to try to be like, here's how you spell it. So. Nice. Cool. I appreciate that. We do actually have several people, at least according to my, my stats. So it looks like a few people have come in probably from your channel. So welcome. We're here talking about nerdy stuff. Uh, a lot of probably RPG talk, but we're not there yet. So yeah, anything else from you, Chris? Anything new and exciting in the world of Chris? Not really. I just go to work and come home and try to figure out stuff with the kid and keep him going. Yeah, I mean, that's got... literally a full-time job. What is it? Five or six months before he's out of the house. I mean, before he goes to school and starts his adventure and I don't have to wear pants. See, that makes me feel so old. Like how long we've known each other and how long I've been making fun of Quentin for his giant head that he finally grew into. Because when I first met Quentin, I was like, my God, your kid's head is huge. And he like immediately exhibited how smart he was as a kid. Like, so it was fitting, but it's just, he's such a just, I've never met a more grounded and mature child in my life. And he's maintained that the entire way. And to be like, oh, yeah, he's about to move out and go to college. Like, I, dude, that makes me feel older than the fact that I have a grandchild. Like, legit, because of that. That's insane to me. (laughs) So what what have you been up to, Q? Yeah. That's been my uh, past. Well, since the last time that we spoke (laughs) but didn't speak. Um, I have been working on getting my own authority for work, which means basically that I won't run for a company. I will pick, I'm, I'm an owner operator truck driver, by the way, for anybody who <clears throat> needs the guy. Well, I've never, you don't know because this is the first time. This That's right. First time ever. Um, <laughs> I got to get used to that fact. Uh, but anyway, so I'm an owner operator truck driver. I've been doing that for about seven years. It means I own my own truck, but I've been leased to a company. Now I'm working on getting my own authority, which means I will be a solo entity. I will be my own company. Uh, Q-Ball Inc. is what I've got. I'm waiting for that to get activated. And I've just been going through the paces of getting all of that together, which it's expensive and a huge pain in the butt. 
Uh, so I've got that. That's almost done, which is pretty exciting. Um, I have... Oh, I bought an Oculus uh, mm. last weekend, Oculus 2 or whatever. Yep. That thing is so much fun. I'm going to figure out how to stream that because like, even Saber Beats alone is, 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 is yeah. worth it. Music that I would never listen to in a million years, I play the crap out of on it. And it's it's, it's absolutely fun. I got to uh, start a Darth Vader story and I get to use a lightsaber in it. Uh, so that's pretty awesome. Um, I sadly haven't gotten to game as uh, schedules aren't lining up in that mm-hmm. scenario. Um, yeah, we got one of those for my kids uh, last Christmas or Christmas before last. I guess it's early in this year. And they, John Gabriel especially plays it all the time. Gorilla mm-hmm. Tag is his new obsession. He plays that like two hours every day. And it's like the only workout he gets. Like he will pull off the Oculus and just sweat will pour down his face because he's I don't know if you played it. You basically, you're like these gorilla figures and you play tag. And so the way you move is you use your hands. So you're just constantly swinging your arms and climbing stuff. It's like an aerobic okay. exercise. So he loves it. Also, quick Somebody shout out to Foxblade for subscribing. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. What? That's awesome. And they use their Prime. Yes. I need to figure out how oh. to do that because my mother-in-law has <clears throat> Amazon Prime and I don't know how to get her to subscribe through her um, account. When you, when basically, if you're on her account and you click subscribe, it will have a separate option above it to use your Prime. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's it's pretty easy, but you can only do it once a month. So, uh, like, once that Prime subscription is up, I, I don't think it automatically renews Prime subs. That way, if you want to use it for yours, and then she can use it for another one, or she can keep reading. Which she doesn't. I mean, she has no idea what Twitch is, so but she's a but she's an Amazon Prime member, so basically I can use it for free, and she'll never know. I just didn't know how to do it. Yeah, no, totally. Yeah, it's it should be like right above the sub thing. Like when you click on subscribe, it should be right, right up so there. I know this isn't exciting for the viewers, but again, so I'm really dumb. So if I go into her Amazon account, how do I then see my channel on Twitch to? Because those seem to be separate things as far as I'm you don't. Concerned. Yeah, what you do is you've got to make her a Twitch account. Then uh, you link. Then you link the. Uh, you know, she should have the option to link the Amazon account to the Twitch account. That's what I was that missing. Point, yeah, <clears throat> yeah. So all right, cool. I'll figure Ta-da. that out because that's free money that I've been throwing away every. Month. And it's the full thing, like as opposed to a regular sub, you only get a partial thing of it. From what I understand, if somebody subs to you with Amazon Prime, you get. The whole shebang. Nice. So, yeah, it's pretty cool. Cool, cool. So, my apologies, I interrupted you. Sir. Please continue. <laughs> no, dude. No, you're good. I'm just rambling about fun stuff. Like I said, Oculus is a lot of fun. Like the the the, the girlfriend was watching me last night and laughing at me because I'm legit standing in the middle of my living room looking everywhere, and she just sees me standing there. Like I didn't even have it streaming to the TV. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like you know, I just look like a jackass, basically. Just like, oh my god, it's all amazing. <laughs> um, but yeah, that that was a fun purchase. Um. Other than that, like I said, I haven't gotten to do any D&D lately because my schedule hasn't lined up with everybody else's. Uh, so that sucks. Like, I, I miss that a lot. Uh, I'm trying to think. Is there anything else? I don't think so. Other than just playing video games and streaming streaming to my Twitch on the regular and everything and just trying to get my my new business up and running. That's that's about all that's been going on with I mean, me. that's still a lot. It, it, it is. Like I said, it's a, it's a huge... It's a lot of paying people to do a lot of paperwork for me and then waiting. Mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. you know, it's going to double what I already make, which is great. But it's also sitting there <laughs> dumping all this money in, waiting for it to activate so I can start ranking that money. Right, yeah. Yeah, so. But, but other than that, that's about it. Yeah. Cool. 
What uh, about so, you? So as for myself, um, since this is the first time I've ever spoke to you before, I would like to tell you briefly about this thing we do every year called the Faculty Retreat which is a gamers weekend that we, the podcast sort of host. And a lot of the people who are part of the podcast or might have been part of the former network that we did, some people that come to a catacon, some people who are part of our Patreon. We meet in Michigan and we just play games for three days. And it's like the best weekend in the world. And we just had that about a month ago now or so. And it was just so much fun. Absolutely had a blast as always. It's about the people more than anything else. Chris was there. Uh, mm-hmm. Michael from Redemption was there. Jared and Rocky from the podcast were there. And it's, you know, some patrons and some uh, catacomb people. And again, I just cannot gush about it enough. It's just, it is so much fun. Because um, <clears throat> Chris, again, I think I probably asked you at some point, I don't remember when, uh, but any favorite moments from you from our last faculty retreat? Uh, I really like the snakes game. Mm-hmm. Cause that's, I just, when you get a big group together, that's the hardest part is can you find a game that can fit eight or nine people around yeah. and keep everybody's attention and a trivia game mixed with bluffing it's right up my alley. Um, I really like it cause I don't, I mean, I, I like trivia and if you give me one in three chances, then I'll just convince everybody whatever I want anyways, Yeah, yeah. whether it's right or I'm trying to bluff you. <laughs> I really, makes- I did that makes me think of some of the the fighting when you would walk around without weapons and convince other people to fight other people they not they would have not fought normally yeah. before. It was, I don't know how you're so convincing. I don't believe a word you ever say. That's <laughs> just confidence. But uh, what he's talking about is we used well still kind of do a, a LARP, and I, I used to lead the one of the teams, and I would always <clears> convince <throat> other groups to start fighting each other and mm. forget about us. And then when they would do the numbers down, then we would just come in and win and the the referees will call them would laugh because they would watch me do it over and over and like, how are you doing this well, there was a couple times you went out there with just you and a couple people because nobody else on yeah. our group wanted to fight so he'd just walk out there the other two people would walk off and he would literally just walk up with no weapons in hand and be like hey hey don't worry about us we're yeah. just gonna do this like it was almost like a jedi mind trick <laughs> like, <laughs> like if it, the only thing was missing was the the hand wave but he'd mm-hmm. just be like yeah this is totally what we're gonna do and they'd be like oh okay that's totally fine and didn't get bit in the butt, you know. Right. Maybe. Right. Yeah, it was hilarious to watch, especially from the sidelines, because even though you couldn't hear what he was saying, you knew what he was doing, and you're just watching these people like, "Oh yeah, that's totally cool. We'll go do this right here," and then you just sit back and laugh. Nice. Yeah, it was fun. Um, I I did really like the GI Joe, mm-hmm. deck builder game. Yep. I liked a lot of the concepts of how it worked, even though we didn't win. I still liked how it played. I would like. A game similar to that it doesn't have to be gi joe ip you know i just like mm-hmm. how that one played yep um i like the fact that you guys finally got to play who goes there yes that was a big big thing three years in the making that game was yeah yeah uh, my dog's barking one thing I, I did want to play that but i was like eh, there's a one spot left and my you know son really wants to play so you go play i'll chill out over here and play these other games so that was fun to watch him get excited about it and then to sit across the room and listen to my 17-year-old talk strategy and tell you guys, no, no, we should go over here. And a few of you go, ah, he's right. <laughs> it's one of those kind of proud dad moments. Yeah. Like, yep, yep, yep. <clears throat> I didn't teach him that logic. Somebody yep. else did. But yep. it works. Yep. <clears throat> 
Uh, yeah, so I absolutely love the faculty retreat. Uh, but probably the biggest news uh, for me right now is this coming weekend is Lexicon, which is a gaming convention out of Lexington, Kentucky. And for the first time ever, I'm taking my two boys with me to a gaming convention. So I've been going pretty consistently to gaming conventions for about six, seven years now. Like the Catacon sort of got started right around the time I started the podcast and I found Gen Con and it changed my life. But my kids, even though I've been playing games with them since they were old enough to play games, I've always been kind of worried, you know, how they're going to handle, they're going to behave, are they going to get bored? Am I going to get really frustrated because they're not playing games the way I want them to? Uh, But we're going to try it. So they're 10 and 11 and uh, we are, sorry, 11 and 12. Yeah, yeah, 11 and 12. So we are going to Lexicon this weekend and I've already signed us up for one RPG. We all are getting to play together, which we've never got to do. And uh, my good friend Joe and his son, who also is really trying to get into role-playing games. So basically the the five of us have like a whole table to ourselves with a GM. And I'm super duper excited about that. I mean, it's funny because the weekend before was Lexington Comic and Toy Con. Mm. So when you said Lexicon, I was like, wait a minute, that was last week. I didn't know they had a whole separate thing that was a full gaming con. That's yeah. really awesome. Yeah, it's, it's a different organization, <clears throat> but it's just similar. I mean, you're in Lexington. It only makes sense that you're yeah. into that name. I, uh, yeah, I wanted to go to that last one, the one last week. It actually could have gone. Uh, so my sister and her husband are both on Team Hypershock uh, from BattleBots. And yeah, it was kind of a last minute addition. They had Hypershock come in and then there wasn't any space because I would have been kind of an extra hand, like not technically part of the crew. Right. And then all of a sudden, like Thursday evening, she messaged like, hey, so can you make it tomorrow? I'm like, (laughs) no, no, at this point, I can't do that. Like I've already taken work. But like, yeah, if you ever get a chance to go to Lexington uh, uh, Comic and Toy Con or whatever, however they, Lexington Con, I think is what it's technically yeah. called. It's a very fun uh, multi-fandom. Yeah, uh, I've been convention. one time. Um, uh, we went and saw Lando uh, Calrissian oh. gave a um, a talk, and we, we sat in on that and then just walked around and looked at That's comics cool. and stuff. So yeah, it, it, was, it was a fun <clears> time. Um, New York Tater jumped in. They they have not been able to play D&D much either, but they've been reading Timeless by R.A. Salvatore. Or Salvatore, I don't know. Uh, and then when they finish that up, they're going to be reading Soundless. For the Patreon, we do a book club, and we just wrapped up reading Light of the Jedi, which is the first book in the new series of the new Star Wars Republic, High Republic series. And then our new book that we just started a couple of days ago is Queen of Stone, which was written by Keith Baker, and it's set in the D&D world of Eberron. I'm only a couple hours into that one. Uh, and then finally, I watched Moon Knight. It the premiered, I guess, this morning, late last night, you know, time zones. Um, I used to love Moon Knight. When I was a kid, I used to collect the West Coast Avengers comics. It was one of my favorite comics in the world, and Moon Knight featured prominently in that. But I have not kept up with his character since then, so I know nothing about the, the iteration that they're basing the, the show on. But I think Isaac Os- or Oscar Isaacs is amazing. I will watch him do anything. And Agreed. so the first uh, first episode, I'll give it a thumbs up. It's highly enjoyable, very entertaining. I want to see where it goes, but it also did not like blow me away. But definitely intrigued. Looking forward to the next episode. New York Tater said that was boundless, not soundless. Ah, okay. Um, I wasn't familiar, but thank you for the correction. Yeah, I, I, I literally just read it too because like I keep flipping back and forth, like to see if I get anything in mind. I saw yours. I was like, okay, cool. I want to look into that as well. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, I thought Moon Knight was going to be a movie. Like I just mm. found out like day before yesterday that it was going to be a Disney Plus show, yep. which 
still makes me happy like you said oscar isaacs he's, he's awesome i'm excited about him pretty much in any role yep uh, except for apocalypse from that terrible x-men movie oh, but that was, wasn't his fault it was not his fault but it not was his, so bad every x-men movie to me i'm sorry has been bad it has had good parts in it you know nightcrawler in part two magneto lifting the golden gate bridge even though magneto looks 90 because it's ian mckellen and that's just not how we should look you know so but like yeah, not his fault, but I'm excited to watch Moon Knight. Um, a show that I was super excited about and slightly disappointed in right off the bat was the new Halo show. Mm. Um, <clears throat> huge Halo fan. First episode, I'm going to keep watching it, but I'm a little mad because I feel like they've crapped all over the uh, lore mm-hmm. of, of, of the already established lore. Like stuff that's been around in novels and at this point, six video games, I think. Yeah. And they're just like, yeah, we're going to do this. Like, it, like, sorry for spoiler alert for anybody listening. If it bothers you, I'm sorry. But they show his face. And that has never happened in over a decade. Mm-hmm. It, it's the whole point. And that, <laughs> like, like you were saying, you were a fan of Moon Knight. And, you know, as long and like, I don't know how the television show has lived up to what you know of from the comics and everything. But, like, that, that that's kind of what I'm going through with Halo right now. I'm like... There were some good parts. It was cool to see like live action Spartans, the super soldiers. But at the same time, I'm like, there's all this lore. And it seems like they literally threw pretty much all of it to the side. Yeah. Minus names. I have no connection to the Halo series. I played the first game when it came out on Xbox. And like, that's pretty much been it. But I, I listened to a lot of podcasts that are about movies and industry and video games. And, and mm-hmm. I heard someone say they basically took the name and then made their own show out of it. Like it's... That's- <clears throat> a really good description yeah. yeah so and it may be a great show but it's not halo see and and I, I oh i wish i have the curse of if it's like books to movies i don't have the ability to separate the two mm. i don't understand why people change i get not being able to put everything in the movie that's in the book because obviously books are way bigger than movies that makes sense but when they add things that never occurred in the book that bothers me a lot gotcha. and you know like jurassic park when I saw that movie as a kid, I was like, oh my God, dinosaurs, this is amazing. And then I read the book and I'm like, that movie would have been so much better if they would have stuck more true to the characters. Because mm-hmm. it makes way more sense. You know, because like one thing that always bugged me in that is uh, Muldoon. The, I think it was Muldoon, the, the, the raptor expert, the guy who gets killed by raptors. You know, like, oh, you know everything about raptors, right? And then you get killed by raptors. None of that makes any sense. That guy survives in the books. Yeah. Like but that yeah like you see you've no connection to the halo thing but yeah that that description is very apt yeah they 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 took the name and and made their own thing that it seems completely unrelated to the established universe uh and then the actually the last thing i will say is my kids uh are part of what's called the odyssey of the mind team at their school Mm -hmm. i don't know if anybody's familiar with this program or not but it's like a creative thinking problem solving extracurricular where they are given quote unquote what's called a problem and it's like they have to create like a six six to eight minute skit that has to have certain elements involved uh, you know a certain person has to include songs has to include this out of the other each problem is a little bit different and they compete at a regional level at state level and then if they go all the way to the world's level though even though it happens in the u.s it is actually an international event people come from other countries to, to participate uh, their state competition was last week, and they placed both of them separately because Jacob's in the, the uh, elementary mm-hmm. school level and John, John Gabriel's in the middle school. So they both are going to Worlds, 
which means we now have to come up with roughly $1,300 to pay for their transportation there and back, food, lodging, the whole ordeal. Uh, so we're, you know, through Facebook, whatever, we're asking people to help support. So if you are interested, dear listener, in helping get my kids to Iowa State University in May, you can use the paypal.me slash the RPG Academy link. Would be greatly appreciated. I threw it out on Facebook and Twitter today, and we've already got like 150 bucks, which is more than like 10% of the way there on day one. I'm completely flabbergasted that people would donate, but it's really cool. Uh, but that means we're still 88% of the way away. Uh, and obviously, we got to cover the difference. And I may end up going because I'm one of the few uh, male parents who have been able to participate and mm-hmm. they're looking for a male chaperone. If I go, I still have to pay my own way. So then that would be. $1,800 that we have to come up with um, for that. So any wow. help would be appreciated. All right. So with all that out of the way, we're going to jump into what we call, um, where, no, 10 things. That's our first improv Ten game. Yeah. And oh, this no. is where we are going to, pre- <laughs> so I know you, I know you're not familiar Q. So let me explain it to you. <laughs> so in this game, we are going to take turns prompting each other to come up with a list of 10 things. Okay. It's in the name. Uh, the idea of the game is immediacy is more important than accuracy. So it doesn't really matter if your list makes sense as much as it just come up with 10 things quickly. But, and I know you've never played before, it's very common that you will get hung up on trying to come up with an accurate list. And that's why we all get to have fun watching you suffer. It's um, fun that you're calling me out like this, by the way. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to help you, man. That's my job as a host. Make sure you are comfortable with what's happening. So... Uh, would you like to go first as far as receiving a prompt, or would you like to give someone else a prompt first? I guess let's just go ahead and get it out of the way, and I'll I'll receive I'll receive a prompt. Okay, um, this would be as bad as it was the time that nobody got to see it. I'm sure. You know, we I could probably dig that up and put it just online if we need to. You you really should because like it's it's from what I remember, it doesn't even matter if the answers <laughs> make sense, and yet I still sat there struggling. Everyone does. Because I wanted it to make sense yeah, so bad. Yeah, it's it's like the, whoever came up with the game is an evil genius for that. Okay, so again, mm-hmm. I like video games. You mentioned you like video games. You stream them. Uh, but I like the older classic <clears throat> games. So give me 10 older non-PUBG video games that you would like to revisit. Okay. Uh, say when. Go. At your leisure, sir. Go for it. All right, cool. Um, Super Mario Brothers. Super Mario oh. Brothers 2. Super two, Mario two, Brothers 3. Three. Three, uh, Star Fox, Four, Star Fox Four, Two, Five, Five, Donkey Kong Country, Six, uh, Legend of Zelda, Seven, seven um, Legend of Zelda: Ocarina of Time, Eight, Eight. Um, hmm, I'm trying to think of old. Ooh, uh, uh, Goldeneye, Nine, and nine. Perfect Dark. Ten. Ooh, that was in fact a list of ten things. All right, so <laughs> you will now give Chris a prompt for his ten things list. Hmm. Okay. Now it's going to be even more difficult than it would have been naming things because I want it to be good. Because the last time it was not good. Uh, hmm. Favorite gaming systems. All right. Uh, that's pretty simple. Uh, Shadow of the Demon Lord. One. Uh, Star Wars Fantasy Flight Games. Two. Uh, Genesis. Three. Uh, let's go with Dungeon World. Four. Uh, I still like D and D. Five. It's old, but so am I. Uh, we'll go with. Uh, ooh, if you want frustration, we'll go with GURPS. Six. I take time making a character. Uh, we'll go with uh, Identico. Seven. That's fun. Shadowrun. Eight. 
Uh, we'll go with Cyberpunk. Nine. And uh, Action Cinema 12. Ten. Woo. Ten. That is, in fact, a list of ten things and a great plug. Thank you, sir. Yes, Coming to Kickstarter to- maybe later this year. Save the best for last. That's right. All right. So uh, now it's my turn, sir. So please bestow me with a, a prompt for my list right. of 10 things. So Q just inspired me mm, as boy. he started running his hands through his beard. So pretend you have a beard and give me uh, 10 things you would use to keep your beard luscious and flowing. <laughs> um, the tears of maidens. One. Chicken blood. Two. Uh, pomade. Three. Dapper Dan. Four. Fop. Five. Uh, <laughs> a, a beard, um, uh, neck, no, hairnet, beard net. Yeah, that's what I meant. Six. Eggs. Seven. Cooked eggs. Eight. Sushi roll. Nine. Um, bird seed. Ten. And a comb. Eleven. eleven. I'll give it eleven. <laughs> I, got lost in the, I got lost in the moment. Wow. Overachiever <laughs> over here. <laughs> All right, so that was, in fact, a list of 11 things. Okay. All right, so now we're going to move into what was normally the sort of the meat and potatoes of the show. We call it used books. And the idea here, for the most part, is that we ask our guests to talk about a campaign that they have played in or they have DM'd. And we're trying to mine it for, like, lessons learned, things that went really well that we've now tried to take into other games or maybe something we tried as an experiment and it failed spectacularly, but we've learned from it and we do it. We don't do it or we do it differently. Now, we kind of have a unique situation because Q is is fairly new into role-playing games. You don't have a whole lot of experience. So the time time before that didn't happen, we just kind of talked a little bit about how did you get into role-playing games? What is it you find particularly fun about it? Like what kind of characters are you liking playing? So we're just going to kind of chat a little bit about about that. So what character are you currently playing? What's your current (laughs) character that you have at the table? One of my before we get into that, one of my people pointed out the fact that you said bird seed <laughs> for your for your beard smoothness yeah. uh, formula. Well, yeah. I figured the birds would come and eat it, and then by pecking through, <laughs> they would comb it for me. I mean, I'm on I'm on a, a different level than other people. Okay, right. plus I also don't have a beard. I'm incapable of growing one. <laughs> that was I was going to point that out. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, what got me into D and D type role playing games was. Uh, Several years ago, six or seven, maybe at this point, Chris, I think, uh, something along those lines. We do uh, twice a year what we call Guys Gaming Weekends. We all get together for two and a half, three days and do kind of like you were talking about with, uh, uh, I forgot what you called it, but... uh, Faculty Retreat. The Faculty Retreat, yeah. Those are are our Guys Gaming Weekends and it's uh, we get out there and we play games. And the very first one that I was lucky enough to attend was the very first one guy named Nick Capiatus ran a one-off and I was like, all right, you know, let me give it a try. Finally. I've, I'd been wanting to try D and D for a while, but like I had gone through as a teenager, um, I got into the fighting, the LARP that uh, me and Chris were talking about earlier by literally seeing people fight, jumped into it, had a little bit of a role-playing thing for a minute. And then I got out of that and it kind of went from the, I'm a nerd. Now I'm scared to be a nerd. I don't want to be a nerd, you know, whatever. <clears throat> and then I uh, finally, went back around to that weekend and got to do a one-off and just really enjoyed it. Like just bare bones, basic. Uh, I don't even remember the story at this point. I just had a really good time trying to figure out what was going on, uh, trying to learn the gaming system, which sadly, because I haven't done it as much, I'm still learning because like, if I played it each weekend for like two months, I would, I would have it down pat, but instead I play it like once a month, once every two, three months, 
And that's a lot of time in between to forget. Yeah. Uh, but I'm lucky enough that I got to break into it with a group of friends who had been doing it and didn't make me feel stupid for any questions or learning, which was, <clears throat> from what I've discovered, pretty much doesn't exist in D&D. Like, most people are very welcoming to that, which I that's another reason that I keep doing it is because it's a huge community of people who want more people to get into it. And yeah, so yeah, that's how I got into it was a one-off. And then now I am a part of a regular group, which like I was saying earlier, I haven't had a chance to uh, game and, oh man, it's probably been three or four months at this point. Just our schedules. If like recently they were like, Hey, these two weekends in April, I'm like, I can do those. Mm -hmm. And they were like, ah, well, two of us can't. So that means we can't. We're, we're too short we can't do it. so it's been it's been a bit of a debacle in that scenario but yeah i if, if you have any urge whatsoever to play it just find somebody who's playing it and do it it's it's amazing it is so <laughs> much fun uh but it is i mean i want to think that most people are encouraging and welcoming but there are a few it may be a maybe a vocal minority but there are a few people out there who don't seem to share that and they want to keep it sort of um you know secluded and like precious to themselves so if you're dealing with that someone out there you know you're going to your game store and you don't seem like you're being welcomed just look other places the the internet you know it, it, it's a terrible thing that has brought the ruin of our planet but it also is an amazing thing that allows people to connect all over the world and you could find someone online who would want a game with you yeah um, i mean if you, if you find a group that's bad to you like the chances are the next group you find is going to be very welcoming. It's the same thing with video games. Like, like PUBG has a huge community of people. And that's the game that I play. Player Unknown's Battleground. That's the main one that I play. I've had people who, you know, like, oh, I played with this group and they crapped all over me. And it's like, all right, well, come play with us. We'll try to teach you the buttons and, you know, try to give you, teach you some strategy the best we can. Either way, we're in it for fun. We're not, we want wins, but that's not what motivates us. It's, mm-hmm. we want to have fun. As long as we're laughing we're having a good time. Yeah, it's like... <clears throat> oh, yeah. if you're having yeah. behind you. Yeah. Well, it was it was behind him, and then your face popped up. Now there's a green uh, alien. Behind. Yeah. It's it not okay. It's yeah. No, it's not okay. I'm so, uh, so what character are you playing right now? Like, uh, give, tell me a little bit about. Is it what character <laughs> class is it? Uh, right now, well, as of the last time that I played, sure. uh, I was playing a halfling, uh, a rogue halfling uh, swashbuckler. Classic. And, <clears throat> yeah, and mm-hmm. the reason that I actually got into the group that I'm in is because. They needed somebody to play a rogue, and they knew that I had no clue what I was doing for the most part. So it was like empty cup. They could fill me with the knowledge. Cool. And I've enjoyed that. Um, they started a new thing, which if I can ever get into it, I'm going to roll up a bar. Mm. And my motivation will be Scanlan from Vox Machina because he is hilarious. And that's just like, it's the first time since hear, like hearing about and reading a little bit about bards that I've been interested in doing it because when you think bard, if you know anything about any of it, even just the slightest, you just think there a guy walks around with a, a, a lute or a guitar or whatever. And Scanlon is actually active in his group. Yeah. Sometimes with people that he shouldn't be active with, but you know, like I, I, that's going to kind of be my motivation when I do finally get to roll up the character. Right. <clears throat> but right now the, the halfling rogue, uh, swashbuckler it I, when i first rolled it up i was like okay cool this is a good time i've got a i've got a bow and i've got a rapier and uh the first time that 
I got to do an attack. It was explained to me, you know, if you hide first, you get to do a sneak attack. And I'm like, what can I hide behind? Like you're half like literally anything that's bigger than you, yeah. <laughs> which is pretty much anything. And the first time that I popped out, they're like, cool, roll six D six plus this. I'm like, what do you mean? They're like, no, roll all these dice. That's your damage. And it just, as soon as we would start to get into something, as soon as we were in a pro, like, oh, I'll check for traps. I'll do this. I'll do that. And then as soon as something sort of started, I'm like, I'm hiding over here just so I can jump out and shoot it with an arrow mm-hmm. or stab it with a rapier. And it's been like for a minute, I didn't want to play anything else because I was just like, it's just so it's, it's almost overpowered to a point. Mm. But yeah, they, 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 uh, I can't even remember the name of my, Oh, um, Oh, I forgot the name of my guy. Bob. Huh? Bob. Definitely not Bob. <clears throat> no, Bob, it's from, Bob's the barbarian. It's mm. from the, uh, fair, fair. Steve, the fighter. The Bulgariad. It's from the the uh, silk. I'm from the Bulgariad. Yeah. No clue what that is. Yeah, I don't either. It's a book series. Uh, oh. Are those the things with the pages? Mm. <laughs> no. Scratch and sniffs. It's no. all audio. It's all audio. Ah, nice. Oh, all right, I, can, I can read that then. I, I like how you think that you could read even pop ups, Chris. That's adorable. <laughs> I like to look at the pictures. More more like you open and you're like, oh my god, and you get scared. Sometimes, sometimes. <laughs> so, have you had yeah. any uh, natural twenty moments yet, where you got oh, that crit twenty and just excited? Luckily, I've had quite a few, but I've also had quite a few of the uh, just uh, the, the the ones. Yep. The uh, I have a, uh, I have a yeah, I have a just a bit outside. <laughs> just a bit outside. <laughs> yeah, I do. Um, ball four, ball eight, ball twelve. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I've got a couple of of, of d twenties that have the f-bomb as you know the one mm-hmm. and i have seen that too many times like uh, probably more than i've seen the crit the the crit but yeah the uh nothing that jumps out that i could describe in, in a scenario but yeah there's it feels so good to roll that 20 oh it's yeah. so awesome so i i don't know are you familiar with kickstarter at all yeah a little bit. okay so i saw a kickstarter campaign not long ago that was basically a d20 that just had the f word for every side <laughs> and um i actually think uh, just the million dollar idea someone take it just give me credit on it like somewhere they should 100%. do a, D, a d20 where the 20 is f you and the one is f me uh-huh. but so it's two through 19 but it's f you or f me because i think that would be funny as well <clears throat> I'm honestly surprised that doesn't exist. It makes it, sense. It may already, but I, again, I just came up with it. TM, registered trademark, uh, all funds come towards me. <laughs> you heard it here, folks. That's right. Real time there. Nice. All right, Chris, again, nice. I, you know Q a lot better than I do. I mean, this is the first time I've ever met the dude. Mm-hmm. Uh, so do you have any questions for him? <laughs> you got to stop it. <laughs> it shouldn't be as funny as it is. My God, it's killing me. It's only funny for, to us, though. A <laughs> uh, eh, couple, th- couple things that popped out. Uh, oh, kind of talking about inviting new players and not really needing to know the rules. Like when you said you don't know the rules to me, that shows you have a good GM because you don't need to know the rules. It's kind of his job to know the rules Mm. or to make up the rules as he wants to, and just kind of let you have fun. True. The fact that you're just having fun and you don't even worry about the rules is good. I would encourage you to stay there. Because you don't need to buy every book and sit there in the bathroom and read every page and memorize every page because you'll end up not liking the game because then you find yourself 
going down that rabbit hole of, well, if I add this to this feat, to that, to this, and then I have this spell, I can do a million points of damage, which for you is not the type of game that it sounds like you want to play. Yeah. You want to have fun and run around and throw your pants at people and stab them in the back. Which Not as much pant throwing, but... Eh, try it. I guarantee you it's surprising enemy if you threw your pants at him. Yeah. You just gotta get those stripper pants and just like... Yes. Sneak attack. <laughs> I like how you went to stripper pants and not basketball pants. <laughs> I never played basketball. <laughs> but Michael's been a stripper. <laughs> so, you know, that really jumped out at me. <laughs> Next up on the stage, <laughs> yeah, Mikey next, Ross. Welcome to the bills. <laughs> uh, you have to have a stage name. So it couldn't be Mikey mm. Ross. It'd be That's Professor Fluff. <laughs> this is as much question as you had in your voice then i don't think even you want that well and it's it's it like yeah like you said the gm the dm whatever you want to call them like yes it is their their job to know the rules and it's their job to <clears throat> help you out but also like having the rest of the group mm-hmm. uh as well can can I, I feel just from a little bit of experience i have make or break as well because like 100 yeah, the, the gm can easily be like god oh, these are the rules this is what you got to do the, yes you can do that no you can't do that blah 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 but everybody else is like crapping on you or being like critical of you or at the at the very least not actively helping you with any questions you may have or suggest even just suggestions like oh hey guys we're going to this cavern what should we do and like as a new rogue thing per se like i had a decent idea of what i was doing but still you know not a lot. i knew that i could do all these, these trap checks and all this other stuff but <clears throat> somebody going in there that hat didn't have that idea like you know oh, hey guys we're gonna hear what do we do like they're just gonna sit back there silent if they don't have any clues so like it's the rest of the group hey cute you got you you have the higher you know this go do that yeah. you know like, like that is a huge thing as well like and luckily, the group that I play with, even though like certain players have had to swap out here and there, like luckily the spots have been filled in with people who do the same thing. You know, like hey, you know, I've yeah. been doing this a little bit, or you know, I'm new. What have you been doing? Well, I'm still new too, but this is what I know of it. Let's try this. You're doing that. Like, I've been lucky in that aspect. It, because, it like, sounds like you have a really good group. Honestly, I listen to you yes. while you're talking. I'm so happy for you that that is where you have fallen in because it sounds like just a great group of people to play with. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I, I am lucky, and look, like a few of them I've known for years. But like I said, I didn't get into D and D until like a year or two ago. Really get into it. The, my, my first experience was several years ago but it's been a couple of like a year and a half two years that i've actually been actively playing it Mm -hmm. and i absolutely adore it like i i would play for a full 14 hours you know if 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 i could like but unfortunately we're adults and you know we can't do that we will get four or five six hours in there and they fly by because all we're doing is having fun Mm -hmm. and that's the best thing about it we make jokes we we cut up at each other honestly like the legend of Vox Machina, the way that the, that, that group in the cartoon cuts up and goes at each other. Like that's a lot of what we do. And I enjoyed that aspect of it as well. All right. So a big thank you, New York Tater dropped again. They cheered, they dropped some bits. I don't know, but I think it's like a tip jar. So thank you. Um, (laughs) So the big question is, do you ever see yourself on the other side of the screen? Do you think that you might run a game someday? I don't know. Like that's honestly not something that has, ever truly interested me um 
maybe the more that I learn the game, I could see it. But I tend, when it comes to things like that, towards the more vindictive. <laughs> so I'm not sure that I would be the best DM for people. Like, because even though I would have a good time actively trying to destroy people, I would also simultaneously feel bad because I was actively trying to destroy people who are trying to have a good time in the game um also there's a lot of um studying and and stuff involved in that as far as like just getting the game ready and like i would want them to have a good time regardless but like i i tend towards the lazy in all honesty and so i don't know like right now no and then like even in the near future i would say no but maybe down the road uh it's it's a possibility uh, probably not with D, though like it may be with a different game system um like as a big star wars fan maybe if there's like a halo rpg kind of thing i could right. see myself getting a little more into that um <clears throat> D, maybe not i i kind of enjoy uh letting the dm try to do their best to us like that that's my more my enjoyment side right. of as of right now so and again, someone self-realized person that you understand the things about your personality and how you might not be a great fit. I think it's great that you know that about yourself. Uh, mm-hmm. Just the one little small pushback I would give um, is the, the kind of the reason this podcast exists is a friend of mine wanted to start running their own games, and we kind mm-hmm. of started talking about it. And what I did for Evan is he didn't know the rules any better than you probably do now. And so he was just telling his story and then I would still as a player handle the rules. So he would say like, okay. you know, you know, basically he would ask me questions like how the rules would work and I would tell him, but it was his story. He was leading us through it and it worked really well to get him started in the process. So if you do have an interest, knowing the rules is in my mind, the least important thing that a GM needs to do. People okay. will disagree with me on that. But for me, I think as long as someone at the table knows the rules, that's all you need. And in, in the group that you sound like you have, that could probably work as well. I think they would be, <clears throat> it seems like they'd be willing to to go with it. There's going to be hiccups. There's going to be roadblocks and stumbling blocks. But if it's something you're interested in, because again, I've been playing games now like 35 some odd years. I've been in the DM most of that time. And as much as I love playing, I do prefer dungeon mastering or game mastering. I, I have more fun overall when I'm in that position that I do as a player most of the time. So it's, it's very fun and very rewarding though. You're right. There is a little bit of extra stress and there's a little bit of planning, but when it comes together, there's just no feeling like that. Like when you plan a great session and it works out and everyone has fun and you, you see the players across from you either virtually or in person and they're all having a great time. And I know that I'm the one that kind of helped facilitate. It wasn't all me, but I'm, I, I laid the table and then we all enjoyed the meal together. It, it definitely is like a, like a sugar high sort of a rush that gets you excited and makes you feel good that's all yeah that makes a lot of sense too like uh my buddy dennis who was the one who got me into this group i could easily see him doing like you said like let me do the story part of it and him helping with the rules because even because there's uh three different guys in our group and throughout the <clears throat> one like technically one full campaign but different parts each one of them ran a different part. You have like the ice giants, the fire giants and stuff like, and so on. Mm-hmm. Uh, but each time a different person was deeming, you know, they'd run into a snag or something like, Hey, this is what's going on. What would you do here? Mm-hmm. And they would help each other out. So yeah, like I never thought about it like that. Like in my head, when you DM, GM, whatever, you take over the whole shebang and might get some insight or something from somebody else. I didn't think about maybe just coming up with my own story 
and getting them to help me go through the rules as I do it, like kind of a team effort kind of thing. Yeah. That's yeah, never thought of that. It can but, absolutely work if if you're interested in that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I like that. I would encourage anybody that's going to try to GM their first time, go spend 20, 30 bucks, whatever it is, on Dungeon World. I need you to link that book to me because I tried yeah. to find it on Amazon and what came up was like a novel. Yeah, I'll I'll find it. But yeah, Dungeon World's a great book. A, the rule system is very simple. So you don't have a whole lot of rules. And B, they do a great job of talking you through the mindset of being a GM. And, you know, the, the big quote I always remember is be a fan of their characters. Your goal is to give them obstacles to help them overcome them. Mm-hmm. and help tell the story together so for years you know just kind of like you were saying you D was a lot of the gm versus the players yep and i've had a lot of gms where if you break their their story they throw a fit they get mad your character gets crushed by you know a dragon i was like well my third level wizard against you know an ancient worm is not fair they were mad. And then when I kind of started realizing, well, wait a minute, why am I getting mad? They just wanted their character to do something fun and cool. Let them do it. Oh, and if you've got the ability to think outside of the box enough to do it, that's even cooler. Like yeah, what I said earlier, like, like I'm vindictive, like it's, I'm not vengeful right. in that aspect. You know what I mean? Like if I came up with a story and they were able to think so outside of the box that it made me like freeze up. I wouldn't be mm-hmm. mad at them. I would be like, "Hey, let's all, go take a smoke break. I need yep. a few minutes to like figure oh. my, my figure out my way around this obstacle." Like they figured their you know their way out around the obstacles I threw in front of them. That's awesome. Like, and when I'm playing mm-hmm. as a character, I always try to do that myself. But I'm still so new to it that I think more like 2D when it comes down to it. I know what my character can do, and yep. that's kind of along the lines of all that I can think of right off the bat because they're. That's the other cool thing about D&D that there's so many moving parts. Mm. Like, you know, you can do damn near anything in these games, but it's really hard to, it's kind of like the, the, the 10 things game. You can make up literally anything, but you want it to make sense. Yep. So when you're playing as a character for me, for, for somebody who's as new as I am to it, I'm thinking inside the box along the lines of logic as opposed to like stepping outside of that box and looking around me but like what kind of crazy things can i do to get real weird with it you know what i mean like to just Mm -hmm. to mess up the dm a little bit or this this monster that we're facing as opposed to just head-on fighting it and that's something that i haven't gotten to yet myself like and i I want to eventually like i want to get more gaming in but life's busy our schedules don't line up like that's why like uh chris and i and uh, dennis that i mentioned earlier we're talking about doing an online uh game of some type like all of us getting together online which i'm super excited about so but yeah uh I, yeah and i mean you got me thinking about me and i'm trying to figure out a story of some type now and just getting somebody to help me so yeah well get, I, get, get real weird with it so I, let me just apologize in advance for ruining your life uh but it's super exciting oh, no, no. To, to talk to I've you and, and to see someone who's who's kind of like new but but you know <laughs> like fledgling in a way but really embracing the game and having a lot of fun that's mm-hmm. that's absolutely the reason why this podcast exists because i hope that we can do that for other people <clears> like <throat> welcome them into the fold and help give them enough tools to go play in the sandbox and then you know they'll figure out their own rules or someone else will help them out as they go so i, I love hearing how well things are going for you uh, but we're going to move on 
So we're going to do our second improv game, and this is the one people come around the world to see. Uh, we are experts at it. Like this is the one thing that I, you know. All humility aside, we're going to teach people right now how to be excellent improvers, because we are going to do where have my fingers been. And this is the game where we will prompt each other in turn to create a short scene that involves at least two characters that you will puppet out and mime up with, uh, you know, your fingers. If you want to get all excitable and, you know, hoity-toity, you can bring in a third if you want. I don't I don't recommend it, but you can. And we're going to try to have a beginning, middle, and end. I usually leave out at least one of those just because I think it's funny. So, Q, you are again are the guest tonight. Would you like to give a prompt to someone first or receive your prompt to go first? Just, let's stick with the thing and I'll receive the prompt. Okay, so uh, Chris, how about you uh, do the honors this time and prompt okay. Q with a short scene that he will act out. But, oh, you have to sing the song. Okay, song. I know you've never heard it before. So it goes, where have my fingers been? I said, where have my fingers been? Where have my fingers been? Where have my fingers been? Uh, let's just go uh, two adventurers meeting for the first time in a tavern. So these are my adventures, right? This is what I got going on? Yep. Mm-hmm. Hello. Hello. What are you doing here? Claim you to be an adventurer. Well, you suck at it because you're not supposed to be here. Why are you yelling at me for? This is donkey bowls. What is donkey bowls? This whole thing is donkey bowls. I'm going to go on an adventure now. Piss off. And that's where your fingers have been. Yay! All right, so we will continue this train rolling right along off the bridge. You will now mm. prompt me for a short scene, and I will act it out with my finger puppets. But first, okay. I have to sing the song. Where have my fingers been? I said, where have my fingers been? I like it. Okay, so it could be anything, right? Yep. Yep. Okay. Um, brand new folk artist talking to the record label executive who had just signed him. So I just want to say thank you. Thank you very much for having me here. I, uh, you know, I've had a lot of success in my, my youth playing to the girls. And, uh, you know, I, I, I think I think I have a unique sound. And I think that it's going to just take over the world. Marlene, did you let this Elvis impersonator in? Sorry, boss. And that's where my fingers have been. Hey. Hey. <laughs> Didn't see the third one coming in. <laughs> I should have. I should have. You called it. You, I, you suggested it. Called my own yep. shot. I, I pointed it out. <laughs> All right. All right. Uh, well, again, I just I love you. you have two competing Elvis impersonators. There's only one spot left in the competition. Who gets it? All right. Oh, I, you didn't sing, ah, sing the song first. Yeah, Damn it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, where have my fingers been? I said, where have my fingers been? All right. Your fingers are two Elvis impersonators that uh, are competing for the last spot in a Elvis impersonation contest. Okay. You know, you know, I'm going to win. You know why? Because you're fatter than me. Yeah. Much more like the older Elvis. Yeah, but I'm much more like the younger, prettier Elvis. You know, the one that did all the movies. Not the one. In the bathroom. Oh man, that was low, really low. Did did you need a hug? Yeah. No kid. What what, (laughs) what if we just team up? Do you think we could do that? Let's try it. 
And that's where my fingers have been. Yay! And we got some peanut butter and banana sandwiches. Literally, oh, that's what it was. Neither I of remember them that. sounded like Elvis. Oh, that's because <laughs> this guy can't do an Elvis impersonation. <laughs> but they, but they, they looked spot on. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. no, no. The costumes were impeccable. Perfect. Yeah. All right. So now we're going to move into what is sort of the last uh, part of the show here. We have a few little extra bits at the end, but this is a cryptozoology. And this is where we take a look at a monster, usually from D&D, but not always. And we talk a little bit about maybe ways we have used this monster in the past, if we have or have encountered it. And then we try to come up with some interesting ways that maybe we could use this creature in the future from like a DM standpoint. Uh, So uh, Q, what monster did you want to talk about for the first time ever? The gelatinous cube. Gelatinous cube. I have literally never brought up the gelatinous cube before, so I'm bringing it up for the first time ever now. Excellent. So in D&D 5th edition, the gelatinous cube can be found on page 242 of the Monster Manual. Uh, It is a large ooze. It is a challenge rating of 2. It has a lot of condition immunities, which is good. It takes up its entire space. It's transparent, so even when it's in plain sight, you got to make a, a check to see if you can actually see it. So it's very common for adventurers to sort of just wander into it. Uh, its primary attacks are a pseudopod attack, where part of its gelatinous form reaches out and slaps you. And then you also have an engulf, where this creature is also very acidic, so if you get engulfed by it, it's constantly eating you and killing you. Uh, very much an old school monster. It's like, you know, the, the origins of D&D when you would go into these castles and tunnels and dungeons and such. It was very common to run into these types of things. So I know uh, you've never played, uh, or you've never, sorry, you've never ran a game before Q. So I'm going to go to Chris first. Have you ever ran a game where you've used a gelatinous cube? Um, I, I have thrown them at players a little bit. Uh, not a ton, just because it's an odd creature. And I don't run a lot of dungeon crawls, so it's hard for me to throw a gelatinous cube out in the middle of nowhere because it just doesn't make sense. Uh, But I have thrown a few at players. I've used them more or less just to slow the party down, just so reinforcements can get there. It's more uh, a time where, oh no, you just walked through my first encounter, which I thought would be more challenging. I need to slow you down now. Throw a gelatinous cube at you, wear down some of your resources a little bit. So when you get to the final boss, it's a little more dramatic, mm-hmm. not so much. Uh, well, we still have all our healing potions, and we still have this, and we still have that. Uh, that way, I don't have to fudge the the final battle so much. I can just still keep that creature the way it was supposed to be, or whatever they're fighting. Right. Um, that's more what I've used them for. Is more of an obstacle. Mm-hmm. Um, it, you know, I've run across them as players. Uh, more as traps for the you know the GMs thinks it's funny to have you fall through a pit and land in one and you got to fight your way out. Yep. To me, I have a hard time with that as a GM because it's kind of one of those saber suck kind of situations, yeah. and I don't usually do that with players because I hate it when one dice roll really influences a major part of the game. It should be multiple dice rolls. Uh, the one time I used it as a player that was really kind of fun was uh, there was one in a pit. And we were trying to interrogate a bad guy. And basically, we threatened to lower him into the gelatinous cube slowly until he started talking. Um, which was interesting because the other players like, are you really going to have your character do that? I'm like, honestly, I hadn't decided at that point. I'm just hoping he believes my bluff. And then we'll see what happens after that. Yeah. So, have you used him much? 
Not a lot. I am positive that at some point in my you know early deeming career that I used them because they were just ubiquitous in you know basic D and D days. But I I I would like to think that if I were to use one now, it would be more of like a mood setting sort of thing. And you know you have these hints because you know if you're in a dungeon and it's particularly clean, that's one of the things people, players look out for. Is is there a lot of dust or debris? Well, actually, no. Is it you know this hallway looks immaculately cleaned? That's a good sign there's probably been a gelatinous cube through because it doesn't affect the stone, but it'll pick up all the other debris and, you know, acidic, burned away, that kind of thing. So you let them know that there's something around. So then you have that fun sort of like, oh, we got to be careful. And it's not necessarily fighting the creature as much as watching out for it, taking their time, you know, checking around corners and almost like, you know, playing hide and seek sort of a thing. I think it can be fun in the right situations. Uh, I do like the idea of maybe dropping one on people. So like the reverse of the pit where it just slides down from a ledge and it basically just starts where you're engulfed. Again, that could be a lot of damage depending on the level of the characters. It could be very deadly, but at the right level, it could be fun. There was a podcast that I listened to when I first started listening to podcasts. And I don't even remember the name of it. And I apologize, but there was an encounter in one of those games that I still remember. This is like nine years old. And in that encounter, the there was a gigantic gelatinous cube like it was like you know almost mountain size mm-hmm. and the encounter was against one player and they were in a house and the house got engulfed and it became almost like a video game platformer where the character was trying to run through the house as it was dissolving so they were having to, to leap from like plank to plank uh, as the floorboards were separating, jumping onto furniture and then that kind of thing. And it the was, floor a, is lava. the floor is lava, <laughs> except the floor is a gelatinous cube because you're fighting, you know, a, a 13 or a three story tall monster type of a thing that's engulfed your entire house. That was a very cool encounter. Again, I still remember it nine years ago. I don't remember the name of the show, but I remember that encounter. So that would be something I would say, steal that because that is an awesome idea. And, yeah, you know, the idea absolutely. of making it like a platformer, you have a high dex character. That's they're not fighting the creature. It's an, like an environmental effect. They're just trying to survive it and getting out of the house before everything dissolves and they're trapped inside. Huh. Interesting. I, I like that idea. I never thought of that. Yeah. Make monsters bigger concept. Yeah. Ginormagantuan. Yeah. 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 So um, Q again, never used one before but any thoughts anything that you think would be fun to encounter as a player or any devious ideas as a potentially vindictive dm to use them <laughs> i do have one question about the gelatinous cube because like if you go to the the dnd beyond and you pull up gelatinous cube like the illustration of it is obviously the gelatinous cube but you see all the bits of previous uh victims in it like, like so it's clear you know you're like you're supposed to do the check to see it but yeah does that mean you see shields and bones and swords and stuff so hovering ev- in midair eventually everything would dissolve mm-hmm. so it, so that's one of the ways that you can kind of cheat as a dm and give your players a helping hand mm-hmm. so they don't run into it is to let them see that uh but yeah so like if they had previously killed a, an adventurer <laughs> i don't remember the exact time but there's the amount of time it would take for everything to dissolve another thing you can do though is magical items are generally immune to that so you could have a gelatinous cube that has a suit of armor, a shield, a dagger, a sword that's still there. And if everything else is gone, that could be a message to the players like, oh, that's a magical item. Maybe it would be worth messing with this thing to try to get that out. So you're tempting the players to engage rather than, ha sneak attack, it fell on you or you fell on that type of a thing. 
Yeah, you could go either direction with it. You could use that as a hint, or you could use it as a lure if you really want to see how like, how much attention they're paying as well. Like, oh, you see the sword. It's glistening. It's shining. It puts off an aura of power, but you don't let them know that it's doing anything other than sitting there, and they go for it and get sucked into the gelatin. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. Like, I haven't read up a lot on monsters in D&D. Like, I've seen a few of them here and there. Like, I'm once again, still very new to it, but like for some reason, I don't know why the, the idea behind the gelatinous cube to me is is awesome and hilarious all at the same time. Because it's, I, I mentioned it the first time, but that never happened. Uh, that I just feel like one of the developers or who whoever's running the game just looked at Jello one day. You know, they were like, "Oh, yeah. we got to make a. I need a new monster, man. I can't think of anything else. We've come up with this. We've come up with that. And look at Jello, and they're like, there it is." that's the new monster and then you know the, that that's the gelatinous cube it was a chunk of jello from the cafeteria or whatever uh, the idea behind like it's it's slow moving it's not fast but it's got it's, it's to me it's like traditional zombies mm-hmm. the whole reason that traditional zombies are going to take over is because people aren't paying attention and they're complacent and whatever like so the gelatinous cube is just doing its thing and it takes over because people aren't paying attention sucks them in gets the thing like just the idea behind it to me is is awesome in its simplicity i guess is is the best way to put it yeah and that's that's why that's why i picked it very cool they always reminded me the old movie the blob yep this big thing just keeps rolling over people all you have to do is just run in a circle Mm -hmm. it doesn't move fast just get out of its way people yeah in the video game you call that kiting where you just run in a circle and then you know have someone else shoot it or whatever yep if you've ever read um world war z if you haven't, you should. Um, and if you haven't listened to the audio, you should because it's read by a full cast. But like, that's that's the zombies that I think of. Like, the whole reason that humanity was almost made extinct was because of denial of its existence and just, oh no, we can handle it. It's not a big deal. Oh, and there's nothing this... topical about that, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. But yeah, like that's 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 why I like it because like. Every other monster seems like it's yeah, you got fast movement or this insane strength or whatever, but like the gelatinous cube is just it's a piece of jello that'll just dissolve you. Yeah, slow and lumbering. Slow exactly. and lumbering. And New York, New York Tater says they just read that book last month and really enjoyed it. So nice. Nice. I've, seen, like I've seen the movie, but I hear the movie is nothing like the book. I can't tell if you're joking or if you're just mad at me right now and you're doing that on purpose after my mention of books to movies. Yes. Yes. Both. Little both. Little bit of Chris. Uh, <laughs> um seriously uh new york tater uh, it's cool that you read it listen to the audio listen to the audible it's uh just to name a few rob reiner alan alda mark hamill jerry ryan um oh my god it, it literally is a full cast i think there's a couple of characters that are read by the same person but overall it's single actors and the only good thing that that movie did honestly is when the movie was released instead of it being because for the longest time it was a bridge it was a six hour abridged version of the book on audible the movie apparently gave them i don't know the the whatever to release the other six hours so it's like the full 12 hours of the book and it is absolutely amazing and the best thing about it is literally it's the survivors telling the story but it's also just everybody's talking about how they're like oh yeah you know we didn't think it was that big of a deal or we just did this little bit of thing instead of taking actual action oh it's such a good book wasn't that written by max brooks 
Mel Brooks. Max son. Brooks. Yep. Mac, yeah. Yep. And yeah, he uh, he did an amazing. He also wrote a book after that that I've read uh, about uh, Sasquatch. Yeah, I've uh, I've heard him on a podcast talking about like it's like a de-evolution thing, like a bunch of like recording. Yeah, uh, it sounds really cool. He's a very yeah. good podcast guest. Like every podcast I've heard him on, he's a fascinating guest. So I bet, and, and I love Mel. Well, and in the in the Audible, he is the narrator. He's the yeah. interviewer, so he reads his own interviewer part of his own book in that. And in uh, in Devolved, it's the Mount. It's I think it's Devolved the Mount Rainer sasquatch attack or something like that but like it's really well done too like that one sent some chills on my spine just the way that he wrote it like it was really well done yeah and the uh there's a couple of voices that you recognize in that audible as well uh yeah max brooks is awesome like just knows what he's doing He, he writes good stuff all right, so that wraps up the main show. So the uh, last thing we do is a little short Q&A. We throw it out to the audience. We still have a couple people that are watching. I don't know how many people might be watching through your stream, but if you have any questions for any of us, please throw them in the chat. Let us know. It doesn't have to be about role-playing games, but it kind of makes sense. Uh, but you know, we have the right to refuse to answer anything if we think it's inappropriate or too personal. Uh, there is a little bit of a delay, so while we're waiting for any questions to come in, we give everybody a chance to go around and kind of you know, um, plug anything they want. So their Twitch channel, YouTube's, uh, Twitter, whatever. So Chris, where can people find you on the internet if they want to come hang out with you or listen to your work? Uh, easiest thing is to find me on uh, Twitter at Burlu underscore Chris. Uh, otherwise download redemption, uh, star Wars, actual play podcast, almost seven years going now. Otherwise every other week here, other shows or other episodes on this network. Very cool. And then Q, where can people find you if they want to hang out with you on the internet or watch you play some video games? Uh, I have thrown it into the RPG Academy chat a couple of times. It, it is... keeps coming up as asterisks on my side, so I don't think you're huh. authorized. So it's not actually dropping the links. Hmm. Weird. It's showing on mine. Yeah, on ours uh, is not. So if you want to leave out the dot, good. it'll still show and they can figure it out. They just can't click uh, on it. It's all good. Uh, it's uh, Twitch TV forward slash Koala Sauce The Boss, which is Koala with a Q underscore in between each word, T H A for the. Um, you can also find me on Twitter at Koala B Q O A L A B. And uh, Koala Sauce The Boss also on um, Instagram. Other than that, uh, anytime you guys have me back, I've uh, absolutely enjoyed this. This is awesome. Yeah, it's been a pleasure talking to you for the first time ever. Maybe our second conversation will be more evolved. Um, so as for myself, again, Mike, we found almost everything I do at uh, the RPG Academy. I also host a podcast where we are rewatching Smallville, all 10 seasons. We just started releasing our season four coverage, and so far season four has been amazing. I'm seven eps into recording, and every episode's great. Eighth one, it's the one that's probably going to be a bit of a hiccup, but we're still going to get through it. So please check that out if you have any interest at all at Smallville. Um, I do have a game called Action 12 Cinema that I'm hoping to put on a kickstarter or some other crowdfunding platform at some time this year and then of course the catacon is a gaming convention that we run uh, it's in november each year in dayton we are going to be doing a kickstarter for that as well as we try to make that done. eventually <laughs> I, I would love to have you there uh, so if you're interested you can get a badge starting august 16th is when that kickstarter is going to go live if you can't attend 
couple bucks as a donation would also be very, very cool. So no questions popped in, but we have one question that we like to ask everybody. So I will go ahead and ask this to Q because you've not had a chance to answer this before. And uh, we'll still wait in case someone else wants to throw a question in. So Q, you are being turned into an action figure, not like you physically turn into one, but they're making an action figure based on you and your life. What three accessories come with your action figure? Ooh. Hmm. That... Is a tough one. A uh, jetpack. No, oh, cool. They got to be able to fly. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, let's go with old childhood thing. Ninja stars. Oh, have yeah. Ninja stars. And hmm, a bag full of money, so I can do whatever I want. That is the recipe for life success right there. <laughs> Jetpack, bag full of money, and throwing stars. And ninja star. Ninja star. <laughs> I want that action figure. Uh, we get, You know, I do. It's not an action figure, but there is a, a 3D printed figure of me in existence dressed as a henchman from the Venture Brothers. Oh, nice. Uh, out there in the world somewhere. So technically, I have had it happen already. Uh-huh. So. Very, very cool. Well, thank you both for joining me. As always, I really appreciate having you here, Chris and Q. You've been a wonderful guest. Happy to have you, you back anytime. Uh, thank you, everybody in chat, Fox Blade and New York Tater specifically for chiming in. And thank you very much for the the cheers, New York Tater. I appreciate it. Uh, anyone who's listening in the future, because this will go out audio only, will eventually at some point end up on YouTube. We do the show basically every other week live on Wednesday when we have people chatting with us. It just makes the show so much more fun and interactive. So please Come check us out live if you can. It just it's, it's more fun for us, too. Uh, but we will see you next time. But before we go, we always say, when I don't forget, if you're having fun. You're doing it right. Doing it right. So thanks, everybody. Right. See you next time. Thanks for listening to the RPG Academy podcast. We do this show out of love for the hobby and the desire to be ambassadors, welcoming more people into this community. All of our website content will always be free to use and utilize. But there are expenses related to the show. And if you enjoy what we do here, then please consider supporting us in some way. You can do so as simply as rating or reviewing us on iTunes or your podcatcher of choice. If you're going to purchase anything through Amazon or DriveThruRPG, consider using our affiliate links first, and then we'll get a small percentage sent back to us. You can do a single direct donation through PayPal using the paypal.me slash the RPG Academy or consider joining our Patreon campaign at patreon.com slash the RPG Academy. And for a donation as low as $1 a month, you'll get access to lots of extra goodies, including bonus minisodes, invites to monthly one-shot games, one-sheet adventures, and more. Please consider following us on Twitter and Facebook Or join our Discord, where we like to try to keep the conversation going with our fans as best we can and are always looking to talk and chat more. Or do none of that. Just continue to listen and enjoy our show. Because honestly, that's enough. Thanks. And remember, if you're having fun, you're doing it right. We'll see you next time.
The music used for our intro and outro is Fly a Kite by Spectacular Sound Productions, used under the Creative Commons Attribution Share Alike License.